fringe, those three tings from Galinda's individual finger gongs mean that it's time for our journey to begin again. Like time, certain styles of slacks, and the universe itself, podcasts are cyclical. They exist in a state of constant rebirth and discovery. One podcast dies, another begins. Like a Turritopsis Dorney, the jellyfish that reaches the end of their first aquatic life, only to turn themselves inside out to be reborn and experience life anew. Still in basically the same gelatinous body, adrift in the ceaseless waves of existence, but with little to no memory of their past self. Oh, how I relate to that simple jellyfish. How I wish things were as easy as it must be for them. Of course, they must encounter some hardships, a tangle of too thick kelp, a snag on razor-sharp coral, being pulled into the maw of a mighty orca. Among those, I bet the most galling is being mistaken for nothing at all, desperate for acknowledgement, but blending into the environment a little too well. If we could hear the screams of the ocean, how much of that saltwater cacophony would be tiny childlike voices crying out, Notice me! And yet they persist, these invisible immortals of the sea. As we move ahead in our time here on Starship Earth, let us welcome a new era with open eyes and generous hearts. Let us try to see people for who they are, even the gelatinous ones, and what they've been through. These last few years have taken a toll, broken us a little, but maybe like a podcast season, we can turn ourselves inside out and identify purpose once more, even after all we've been through. I still hold that we can find some light in the dark. And it is dark out, and cold. It's 4 a.m., it's just you and me. Let the dense cosmic fog surround you, for we are now in the deep night. Fringe. Fringe, hello. It's me, Dale Seaver, and I am so happy, nay, elated, to be back with you for this, the first episode of the 14th season of Deep Night with Dale. So much has changed in the time since we were last together, but rest easy, for we come to you tonight as we always do from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And we took an extended break there, and truly a necessary one. And I want to catch you up on all that has happened, some of it positive, some of it, well, challenging is a word that comes to mind. And while there was a point where I wasn't sure that getting back into the podcast saddle was the right thing, I woke up in my sleep hammock the other night, flipped on the salt lamp nearest to me, and in that soft pink glow just before dawn, said to myself, Dale, it's time to mic up, and here we are. Now, I look forward to bringing you some wonderful guests that are going to help me, and maybe help you, continue on through these strange times. And throughout this season, in ways explicit, and sometimes less so, there's going to be an idea we consider from many angles, and that is the concept of a near-death experience. Now, I don't mean the bright light that beckons us all forward at some point, although I welcome discussion about that if it comes up, but more broadly, things that could be considered death-adjacent. Seems like the entire world is death-adjacent at this point, so why not lean into it? Maybe that means a close call, a near miss, an encounter with a celebrity who has since passed on, a cold breeze as you try to get to sleep, and a haunted Airbnb. There's no shortage of things, and I'm sure that maybe it can be one way to contribute to us understanding and processing this moment. In tonight's episode, it comes up as we dabble in channeling and depictions of the departed in our conversation. Before we begin with our guest, you've likely already noticed some new dimensions to the Deep Night Season 14 podcast experience. We have some stunning new artwork by the phenomenal artist M.K. Cummins. Now, I consider myself lucky and blessed to have connected with them, and the result is just fire emoji. M.K. is a painter and an illustrator and a force in Philadelphia. And I said, you know what? I think I can only come back to doing this show if I can be a source of calm for my listeners, a reliable, steady presence like that rock from the Prudential ads, but maybe also put in a pitch. And 
and by God, as they did it, I'm crazy about it, and I hope you are too. I only wish we could make tunics with that thing on it. Wow, is it fantastic. And our new theme song this season is from a friend of the program, Kylie Lotz, who performed music as pedal for a time, now has some new things opening up, I gather. I feel like they have some new music and maybe some acting on the horizon. I'm just so thankful for both of these individuals and their contributions to the show. And to have two artists from Pennsylvania making work, sometimes you have to return to your roots and connect, you understand. Don't avoid those instincts. I think we're all born under a certain kind of light, and it's okay to seek that out from time to time. Find others who came into being under the same rays and see what happens. It could be extraordinary. (laughs) Now, extraordinary, one word, applies to the times that we're in as well as the artists we've brought on board for this season of Deep Night. And extraordinary, two words, happens to be the name of the film that my guest starred in not long ago. Maeve Higgins is no stranger to the deep night, and it was a real joy, affirming, relentless joy to have her back on the show. Maeve is a contributing writer for the New York Times and host of the podcast Maeve in America Immigration IRL. She's a comedian who has performed all over the world, including in her native Ireland, but of course those close to our little Gowani will know her from the regular comedy show over here, Butter Boy, which she hosts with Aparna Nancherla and Joe Firestone. Maeve has a new collection of essays, Tell Everyone on This Train That I Love Them. And the title is explained in the book, but I'll tell you now, spoiler, that uh, what that phrase suggests is a beautiful way to move through life, choosing love instead of fear or animosity. Now, the book is out February 1st, and I highly recommend it. Let's go now to the effervescent delight that is my conversation with Maeve Higgins. Dave Higgins, my goodness, welcome back to the deep night. How are you? So good. You know, I just love seeing you. Every time I see you, you look younger and fresher than before. (laughs) Were that true here at home when I look in the mirror? That's so nice. Uh, You're making a record-breaking third appearance on the show, and uh, that's really... (laughs) I don't have a jacket or anything for you, but uh, I'm always happy to see you. And I know we ever talk in this way, um, but I feel as if we we could be friends in uh, in real life. Yeah, I mean, I think the podcast is is in a way is a, a, a form of friendship. I think podcast appearances, you know, when you have a product out is a way of that to me is a true friend. Oh, yes, <laughs> That's a beautiful way of thinking Thank about you. it. <laughs> Certainly for me, that has been true. You, but you do seem like you have so many people- friends. I have so many friends, you know, 13 years worth of so many close friends. Uh, <laughs> but you do seem like somebody that people would confide in. Do you think, is that true? Have you found that? Yeah, because of my face. I mean, I know, as it, but like I have a kind of a simple, open face that, um, you know, people are, are not intimidated by. It's a kind of a service-oriented face, like maybe like a nurse or... Um, a domestic worker like it's what I look like so I think people are like I'm gonna um open up to this one and like I'm not gonna expect any like not in a kind of the way you talk to like a professional or like hope to get help it's more like a, I can unload on this wide helpful face and <laughs> feel a bit better afterwards and also kind of forget that it ever happened so, yeah, people do confide in me a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have the uh, people will ask me directions no matter what city I'm in. Uh, no matter mm. how hapless I appear, uh, people will just approach me and ask for directions. So that's my vibe. In what countries has that happened to you? That has happened uh, uh, in uh, mm. it's happened in Scotland. It's happened <laughs> in Venice. It's happened really? in uh, uh, Switzerland. Oh. It, it, if I'm just on the street, people will. In, so and, and, then it sounds like in a variety of accent or of uh, languages too that they're like voice de castle or whatever they're looking for. <laughs> that, that's right, and I I don't know, <laughs> but you could clue. ask me in New York, and I would be like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's too much responsibility. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, well, uh, after the last two years, of speaking of friends, I'm not even sure I remember what hanging out feels like other than podcasting. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I I did sit in a you know in a bike lane and eat ramen with <laughs> I think a friend, and it was awful. The sun was in my eyes, but it was very cold. Like it was, yeah. I don't re- really remember either. I guess the most we can hope for is to um just do podcasts and um communicate in that way, you know. Yeah. Take it where we can get it. I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, a lot of people they just play computer games and. And that too is is a form of a life. Yes, <laughs> also involves some headsets and uh, microphones. Yeah, usually, yeah. So you're blocking you know, out the rest of it. Yeah, that's right. Noise cancellation <laughs> is key. Uh, <laughs> did you ever uh, have a pandemic pod? Not a podcast, but one of these uh, groups of people that mm-hmm. you would travel around with. Did you establish that? Yeah, with like a little zombie pod or something. My. Yeah parents and my sister because I went back to Ireland for um I think really a large part of it you know how you know we're New Yorkers and people are like oh you want to leave New York at its worst moment I was like absolutely do yeah I need to very quickly get out of here (laughs) (laughs) I am not okay here (laughs) so yeah almost at the beginning I was in Texas reporting something out and um when the pandemic kind of was in new rochelle do you remember when it was kind of in new rochelle and there was like this one guy and everyone was like then he went to the synagogue and then he went to work and everyone (laughs) we had no idea that was just about to be all of us within weeks right but i was in texas and at a you know Department of Homeland Security conference and they were acting like nothing nothing bad was happening while their colleagues in New Rochelle were like in full hazmat suits. So I kind of thought, okay, this US government is absolutely not going to take care of us. <laughs> so I left for Ireland shortly after that. That was the first clue. <laughs> that was the first clue. As I saw these like DHS officials like hugging each other and sharing bagels and stuff. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm in so much trouble. (laughs) Right, right. Well, uh, I do want to – you cover that in the new book, and we'll talk about that. Um, uh, I certainly – I mean, I tried not to talk too much about the pandemic because it's we're still in it, obviously. And also, I don't really – when I'm reading something or watching TV, I just don't want to – hear about it and I don't want to see how like people are coping with you know I just hate it I just don't want to think about it I'm having a very kind of truculent teenage attitude to it you know where I'm like no no it's not happening it's not I mean obviously I'm like wearing a mask and I'm vaccinated (laughs) but other than that I don't want to see it reflected in art or culture please yeah, I totally understand. I think that's really a, a valid <laughs> way to experience this. Uh, I uh, My instinct was just to retreat and to be inside, and I've largely done that. Uh, <laughs> but yes. the other day, yesterday, in fact, I was out on the street, and I ran into a friend that I, I haven't seen in a long time. And when we see each other normally, uh, we we would say hello, but it wouldn't necessarily be a long conversation. And we are both just inside so long. And we had so much to say, and we just stood there and kept it going. But a lot of it was around just the dire situation in the world. And, oh, my gosh, and, you know, we have to fund nurses and teachers. And it was all this. And he's great. And he said, you know what I have? Uh, I have a file here in my phone. And he called it up, and it was a nightmare folder. And he has a, a, a folder on his safari there that is all articles that he's seen that causes him stress or panic. Uh, and when he needs to uh, go to just that, he yeah. has it all in a folder called Nightmares, which I think is a handy way to, to organize. Oh, like, so, he, so did he feel better because it's in his phone and not in his head? Is I it? think so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It can be a reference point for, for him should he need to go that dark. He doesn't want to forget that it exists, <laughs> <laughs> but literally compartmentalizing uh, oh the, the nightmare we're living in. So, did, you know, uh, Emily Flake, the cartoonist, yes, who's yes, like do. a friend of ours in the comedy world, obviously. And um, she has a show which is, you know, on hiatus, uh, I guess, now, but where she draws your nightmare. So like she interviews like a comedy person and you tell her like a vivid nightmare that you've had and she draws it and she is like a brilliant artist yes yeah and so i thought like oh that's so funny and cool and 
I did the show and then she gave me the drawing and I was I was horrified frightened wished I couldn't see it because it was all about like murder and like a baby that I know and like just terrible things and uh and she drew it and I was like actually why on earth and she she gives it to you that's like your and so you have like this original Emily Flake artwork but it's of your worst nightmare (laughs) so do you want to buy it for me for 20 dollars <laughs> what if that was my thing? I just collect drawings of nightmares, of other, other people's, people's nightmares. nightmares. <laughs> Welcome to the nightmare gallery. <laughs> oh, you know, he's a collector. <laughs> <laughs> Have them pinned to the wall. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, uh, but for it, you, it wouldn't be. I mean, all of our nightmares. I mean, your friends sound like those are quite like global nightmares yes. that we could all share in and worry about. But like your specific, my specific nightmare might not necessarily be like too bad for you. Sure, it might mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could just be, you know, a fish with spikes. That could be something. Oh, yeah, uh, I think there was know. a fish in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah <well. laughs> Island people have a lot of experience with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I might not have a, a have, might, might not be scared by it. It might. Yeah. It might not mean anything. Actually, like though, in my specific nightmare, you did get beheaded. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get the $20 before I admitted that. But you got it out of me. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm sorry that happened to me and that it's invaded. I, mean, I guess I appreciate the concern. Maybe that's where I should. Uh, yeah, it is nice from. to know that like you're in other people's subconscious. Even if it, it, you know, in a horrible way. Even if I meet a dark end. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) um, our minds remain productive, don't they? (laughs) During all sorts of things. And uh, I'm always envious and in awe of people who remain productive and who have been able to stay so creatively focused during this time and do it at at such a high level as you have done. Mm. Uh, My goodness, Maeve, I I just... (laughs) Uh, truly in awe because uh, I had sort of thought, oh, okay, I got stand-up figured out. I've got this show figured out. Going to start doing some festivals 2019 into 2020. And then I just couldn't. And then it just all, we all know what happened. Mm -hmm. But uh, you have been able to, you've been doing some stand-up shows again too, right? Did you get back into it? We got back into it. um, But you know what's good about that is I host a show with two others. You know, Aparna, Nancherla, and Joe Firestone. So, I think when there's and we have a producer and a DJ. So when there's more than one person, we can all encourage one another. And it's also a way for us to spend time together and hang out. So that's what I would say might be the difference between our shows and like why it was a bit easier to get us back up and running. But I mean, it's gone again at the moment. You know, we're not doing shows right now. So it's still so precarious. Um, But yeah, we did Butter Boy, which is the name of our show. We did yes. it. Um, I guess they opened it again last summer. The the fuck summer, as it's called. <laughs> hot, hot girl summer. Is, oh, is, sorry. Yeah. Right. Hot girl summer, right. <laughs> called different things in different parts of Brooklyn. It's different. Yeah, it's culturally. Yeah, culturally. But uh, yeah, what we would say, what well, my parents and grandparents would always say, fuck summer. Yes. Um, yeah. And so the show opened then and then it was going great and it was so you know strange to be back on stage but also so bolstering and remembering oh why we do this and the community of it all but then um omicron came along and we just had to pull it all again the rug was pulled from beneath us (laughs) (laughs) yes but uh uh, undeterred uh you you have the new book that's out uh, now, mm-hmm. um, tell everyone on this train that I love them. I, w- I was going to hold it up, but this is audio. So what's? <laughs> oh yeah, you could <laughs> maybe read aloud from it for an hour. <laughs> yes, I could, and plan to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and and uh, it's terrific. Of course, I have your other one, Maven America, on the shelf, and uh, I'm always happy to read through. Uh, there's a collection of essays, um, and uh, maybe. It's a bit cheeky to start with this, but also along the way you became a movie star. Oh, oops. 
<laughs> oh, you know how shy I get. Must we? <laughs> now that movie, Extraordinary. Mm -hmm. uh, now that talk about timing. That was scheduled to be released, uh -huh. and, and I guess was March sixth, twenty twenty. Perfect. It's ideal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we had so the movie is you know like this comedy horror film that two Irish guys who are my friends wrote and directed, and it's it it had come out in Ireland in 2019 and then it went and we did all these really fun festivals like horror festivals around the place and it was just so much fun but um were people dressing up as the characters on those kind of things or not <laughs> actually, yet it no it happened in uh fantasia is it no <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> there's a really great festival in montreal um horror Oh, I wish I knew. Anyway, a couple of people dressed as ghosts, but like it's a lo-fi kind of a movie where the ghosts look like just like sheets over their head ghosts. Right. right. So people did that and that was really cute, but it wasn't like a big effortful. So like I'm giving them some credit, but it's not like it was they didn't need like prosthetics or anything. Right. But when you're but at I, the at the conventions, as they were for festivals, were there people like, did you have a couple of creatures from the Black Lagoon? Did you have, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Parella? I mean, people go all, <laughs> all out. and But it's like, it has to be, um, like with a new movie, they don't know yet what you're... Yes, sure. They don't know the costume, I guess. Right. That I mean, I don't know why I'm making excuses for these <laughs> nerds who didn't make an effort. Exactly. I'm so mad at them. Get the program. Do a little <laughs> research. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope people have continued to discover it uh, because now you can stream it anywhere. And um, maybe yeah. you're so good in it. You're oh, really thank good. you. It's, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. I'm just uh, letting you know I really enjoyed uh, your performance in it. And uh, it was just it's a it's a fun film. I yeah thank you I think it's fun too and and it is funny how people are discovering it because because we got messed up by you know our release a few people had been to the movies to see it and then the movies theaters closed down um but since then it's been on um a lot of airplanes like a ton of my friends are like uh Maeve what is happening like they've been on like a flight to like a gulf state or something and it's popped up on Etihad Airways um so I've gotten a kick out of that <laughs> and um then oh it was also like on canopy you know that the the if you're a member of like the New York public library yes or I guess any public library I think that's probably a countrywide thing uh you can get it you can rent it for free there so yeah people are finding it and watching it and um generally you know I think enjoying it uh, and I <laughs> really enjoyed it and you know now the lads are like writing a pilot so maybe we'll make more of it but i just oh, with the don't same know. characters that same universe yeah oh that's terrific that's great yeah. and, and i thought uh, you talk about it in the book and your experience the kind of your approach to acting and <laughs> uh, i i love that you made it look so effortless <laughs> And you 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 describe that of just kind of oh it's just showing up and saying some words or oh. you were more eloquent about it than, than that but no but it's I mean for me like I don't know if when you're acting if it feels like a version of yourself or something but this to me felt like a version of myself yes. helped by the fact that like which happens with a lot of comedians people write it with you in mind so I'm not a real actor with training and um you know that kind of care that real actors uh apply like I obviously I do care but I just don't know how to like you know if they said to me okay now you're like a grieving widow or something I'd be like oh boohoo like you know I'd be very bad at that I think <laughs> my husband I miss him so you know right right because you actually don't, that you, was quite you, good it was very good <laughs> I, are you crying <laughs> That's what you see I, here I, in my eyes. I see is, a tear. Yeah. I'm so sorry to upset you, but I, I mean, also feel quite moved by my performance. Just your there. own performance, yes. I think that will be felt uh, <laughs> for, for the ages. I mean, I want to know how, how uh, you got into that situation and how did uh, he die? And my gosh, I just felt I felt yeah. all the feelings. And uh, the children. 
Ah, oh, the children. And they had got one. He had the um, rickets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They all have rickets. <laughs> they all have the rickets. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it was common then, wasn't it? Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assume it's a period piece. I think it must be, yeah. yeah. Even from her accent. And see there what I did. I said her accent. It wasn't yeah. me. Oh, it was yeah. His character. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, you have a future in this, mm-hmm. mate. Don't shortchange That's yourself. That's like you telling casting directors. <laughs> yes. When, they, when I get a new phone and they respond to my calls. <laughs> 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 well, there was a scene within the movie where I realized, like, oh, okay, I see why some of the skills that you bring to it and why you're so good at it. There's a scene where Will Forte is putting on gloves or taking off driving gloves. I can't remember exactly. Ooh, yeah. but, and you're both in the car because he wants to learn to drive or something. And you're a driving instructor, among other things. And uh, the way you observe... And Will Forte makes the most out of this moment. Let's be <laughs> let's he be really clear. Does. My goodness. Um, oh. And you're the way you're observing him. I thought, oh, there it is. There's the essayist. There's the comedian. There's the the person mm. that this would not be uncommon if you encountered such a character on a train, and you would have yeah. maybe a similar kind of reaction <laughs> because you're kind of keyed into that observational. <laughs> Uh, mode, as it were. And it was very, I thought, oh, she, here she's doing a heightened version of herself, but, uh, but beautifully done. Oh, thanks. Um, that scene, because it's hard to be like in close quarters with Will Forte when he's like being so funny. <laughs> and definitely yeah. it was hard not to laugh. His character is so outsized and ludicrous. And he is just... So funny. So I think, yeah, I'm trying to remember that scene. And I think I remember like thinking, don't laugh. You know, like the movie was, um, it felt like we were running a race. Like that's what one of the directors said, because we didn't have a big budget. And it was kind of like, you know, we couldn't just spend a long time like doing takes or anything. So it was like, okay, come on, let's get this done. And, you know, so I was just like, just watch him doing that and don't don't laugh, don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think a, a, a lesser thespian would have broke and I would have, so uh, have really laughed. You're yeah. so pathetic. <laughs> it's awful when you see it, isn't it? Like, Clooney, get it together, man. Oh, well, <laughs> you know when I could just knock those guys' heads together, those like, is it called like the 11 deadly, or no, what's it called again? You know when... Um, George Clooney and Matt Damon are all in these films about oh, heists and the stuff. The Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Ocean's yes. Eleven. Yeah. And then on the press tour, they're just like, oh man, you're not, you You want to see what Clooney did. He, oh, we could not, we were breaking it, but, and he put, you know, uh, pranks. aluminum Tons foil of pranks. across the toilet or whatever, yeah. or like <laughs> saran wrap. <laughs> I like the foil. <laughs> That was so disgusting. I can see that, and that is disgusting. I'm reflected in that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, not the same. But yeah, it would be funny if I tried to like um, establish that relationship with Will Forte, where I was like, hey, like, we're just all these bros, okay? We're like hot Hollywood bros, and we just like razz each other all the time and do pranks and meanwhile like these poor Irish directors are like running out of money and (laughs) (laughs) well I think once you get into the series and the sequels you can start to as yeah that set man is gonna be so fucking fun (laughs) full of pranks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Once they start spending more money, that's when you just really burn through it. Yeah. And, and waste some time. <laughs> uh, now, uh, not to ask a kind of junket question, but where do you stand? You know, I have an interest in the mystic arts and all this and other realms, etc. But um, where do you stand in terms of ghosts and spirits? Well, okay, what do you think about this? Something that happened when we were on set is one night, it was like a late night shoot. And um, also, I cannot really remember lines like I find hard to remember lines, which is the really charming thing. (laughs) Um, And I guess I was saying to, 
you know, I had to remember a character's name. Say it was like Sean Reardon. But um, I said the wrong name. Like I said, like Michael Dunn. And then one of the other actors in the scene was like, wait, I know a Michael Dunn and he died recently. I thought that would pique your interest. Oh, indeed. Because within the context of the show, you're also kind of a, not quite a medium, right? But you can, yeah. you can interact with the spirits. Yeah. And there's a Ghosts lot of spirits talk to me. jumping yeah. uh, into bodies and things. So did Michael Dunn make an appearance there? You tell me. <laughs> I mean, why did I think of that name? Of all the names you could have come up with. Um, yeah. That is very specific, too. And so different than what you really were supposed to say. <laughs> yeah, now that part wasn't that unusual. I would often have really quite a completely different line yeah. that would pop up, that would just bubble up right. instead of, you know, learning. I do try and learn my lines, but I think sometimes, um, you know, I just make up lines instead. Right. It's just, I think if uh, you could give me a long time, I might not come up with Michael Dunn uh, yeah. as just the go-to name. Uh, yeah. So I think. So you that, think that it, maybe the set was haunted or? Well, you know, I've. Uh, <laughs> you I think have... it was like a thin place between realms that I reached? I, I, I would be uh, happy with that conclusion. Mm. Um, I, I have thought recently, uh, having experienced some loss, because I was sort of all in on the, on the ghost thing, but now I'm beginning to think that it's, it could be more the unfinished business piece of it, and oh. uh, that that's, that, that's why it's not everybody ghosts, not, why not wall-to-wall ghosts everywhere, right? But that there's some yeah. spirits that bleed through that little uh, the permeable membrane between uh, the other side and this one. Um, perhaps Michael Dunn had, had something to do or needed to communicate. Or maybe it was important to that other person that she kind of, she or he, pulled a Michael Dunn forward through you. With that open and giving face of yours uh, in service. Right? <laughs> yes. Even the spirit world. Oh, look at that big, helpful, flat face over there. That's one we can, <laughs> we can shine out of that one. There's nothing else going on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you go with it, I guess. Yeah. And as it happens. Was that the only incident of any kind of uh, spooky dooky stuff? Um, I mean, one day it seemed like they had no dessert left in the catering truck. Yeah. But I <laughs> double checked and there was like apple sponge left. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I had a sense that like she lied. So... But I think it was more like the woman who worked there was keeping a portion for herself. <laughs> but but again, it's like well, the dessert's gone, but like it's not gone. It's there. Yeah. yeah. You see where all this is laying the groundwork for to me is mm-hmm. an ongoing series of mm-hmm. classic hijinks from Maeve <laughs> on the set. And it's going to be desserts that go missing, <laughs> half of them. And it's going to be, you know, slipping in some uh, funny names here and there. Maybe mm-hmm. doing a little bit of research. Like, oh, my gosh, how did I come up with that name? It's going to be a wild time on this set. So, Yeah, I think it is, too. Watch Aluminum out. foil on the toilets. <laughs> There's a classic. Classic. <laughs> a classic one. Oh, my gosh. Um Oh, God. it's. Are you spooked? You seem a bit shaken by like all the stuff I told you about what happened on the set. <laughs> yes, <laughs> visibly. Uh, mm. I'm trying to mask mm. it. I'll be honest with you. No, I can I, see I, you're a little bit like whoa, which is strange because all yeah. this is just confirming what you already know, and it's your work, and yeah. But yeah, yeah, you still I mean, seem it, a little bit. It's always uh, uh, um, 
disturbing a bit to come uh, in contact with the spirit realm. Uh, truly, I think, I mean, I've been in the presence of chairs that have risen on their own accord, of things that have appeared out of nowhere, of voices, of, of serendipitous events where you just think, that can't be a coincidence, there's no way. So it's always a little, you get the hair on the back of your neck and the back of your legs, just whoop, there it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. So yes, yeah. hearing the tale of this very haunted set, that's uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, okay. It's given me pause, but it's not uh, yep. unheard uh, of at this time. There's mm -hmm. so much loss. I mean, this is a ghost field day right now. There's a, a lot of people that probably wish they had a little more time, and now they're getting it on movie sets. Yeah, <laughs> and so many, you know. The way I feel, and this is, you know, I shouldn't have this kind of, um, I should believe in abundance and I shouldn't have this feeling of lack. But a lot of live the living want to be in the movies. And so when I realized then also the dead are kind of like vying for a role. It's a little bit, oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. Your competition. Your competition has basically doubled or however, I mean, there's a lot more dead or, people than living. There is. Yes. That's so what? And they don't, they're not going to audition. They're just going to come through me. And they're and not going to give up their dreams just because they passed on. No, their unfinished business is making that leap from being an extra to having one line. Yes. And hello, uh, it's a movie about ghosts. Uh, what could I be more perfect for? Yeah. I'm going to go to that. Yeah. It, actually, I'm the one who's like muscling in on their space. <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> We're not far off from all ghost productions, are we? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you, you do cover uh, uh, that uh, experience of working in the movie. And in fact, it's a... Each essay is kind of a meditation on different aspects of U.S. life, not just New York. Uh, although, uh, of course, I have a, a lot of fondness for the New York ones being being here. And because we kind of run in similar circles, when you mention someone, I think, oh, okay, I know who that is. <laughs> and I can picture, even if you give me a first name, I know, and I can picture it in my head. But you're not afraid to tackle some of those things. You mentioned the Homeland Security hoedown uh, down there in Texas. That sounds scary. Well, the scary part for me was they have this like night out, like a, so the conference is, you know, it, it's a big border security conference and they talk about border security and they also like sell weapons um, for the border. And then they have like a night out for everybody at the Alamo like the yeah. historical right. site. Right. The Which Alamo. is just riddled with inaccuracies, by the way. As you know, the history of that thing is so completely twisted. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, and this is what's confusing. It is a real place and, like, real battles took place. You know, some of it is accurate, but the stories that have, been written uh, the stories that have grown up around it and have been adopted and, and repeated that then seem to be the truth uh, unpicking that is really difficult especially because it's like the winners get to tell that story <laughs> and I was there for initially like you know a night to remember uh uh CBP agents who had been killed so it was like very emotional and um very kind of Oh, sorry, that's the dog crying behind me. Upset when we talk about the Alamo. <laughs> yeah, you know, re remembering the Alamo, the dog yes. is a real patriot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, uh, he is. He's, yes. start, he's starting to find the Star Spangled Banner behind me. Oh, I thought I recognized that. <laughs> they actually the closed out the night, which I don't know if I put this in the book or not, but they closed out that night with um, the theme from Cops, you know, bad boys, bad boys, wow. what you gonna do? So that's like echoing around the walls of this historic fort. Oh. And all these guys are just, you know, full of beer and um, that melted cheese dip. Yes. Yeah. Nachos? No. Queso? Queso, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I didn't go there to like confirm 
stereotypes in this way or anything. That's genuinely what happened there. You know, there was a lot of alcohol and they were auctioning off homemade rifles and photos of Brett Kavanaugh. And (laughs) um, it was just a really, you know, it was just a real insight into um, the militarized borders that we have and how they're, you know, they're really supported by the government and there's huge money and the industry and the government work hand in hand. And so it was fascinating to be there and to, you know, and they also they were so nice to me. Sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, this is how we roll tackles. Like, listen to the, this little girl is going to sing. You know, there was mm. like on a personal level, everyone was like so nice to me. Like a white lady who was there in a blazer and I had a lanyard and everything. And the so then it was strange to, yeah. that they were like making jokes about the protesters outside and that they were all heavily armed and <laughs> yeah, you know, you've, that they you've, were the same people who, you know, took babies away from their parents like the previous year, you know, right. right. Have have a, a nacho. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, you've traveled, you have family members all over the world. You've traveled extensively. Is there a place that is quite as surreal as uh, on a daily basis <laughs> as the U.S. is, where you could go to one place and uncover so much uh, uh, that is, I mean, if you start to untangle it, it is just so complicated and weird and mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, if as, as we continue to explore places like Pompeii or something and you see, oh, yeah. there's the colorful <laughs> hot dog stand or whatever that was, uh, uh, do you think that was just rife with so many just wild nonsense (laughs) (laughs) wild nonsense that's so funny yeah I mean I think that always if you're a person who you know thinks and and writes you'll always find where you live and the moment you live in really fascinating and um and even the the work of trying to understand it just the way it is in that moment is a lifetime of work um So I think, you know, living in New York, of course, with um, first of all, living in the US, which is such a new country, really, um, you know, 200 years uh, since it declared, you know, like it's a very it's a baby country. So there's still so much to um, like to learn and, you know, the aspirations not meeting up, the promises not meeting up with the reality. And um, so it's it's fascinating from from that point of view that it is so new you know um and then I guess what interests me as well as the stories that we learn about somewhere versus the the truth of the place um and then and then there's also um just the excitement of living in a place like New York where you know I write about the train a lot and really it's it's cliche but cliche for a reason that you can um, hop on the subway and you can hop out and you'll be in a completely different um, world might be a bit strong but honestly like I feel when I go to say like I go to like Brighton Beach and there's all these like elderly people in swimsuits and it's snowing and they're like running into the ocean and then they're eating this like hot cheesy bread like from Georgia from like Central Europe and then I can get the train. I can just go back in the subway and then I can pop up and it's Koreatown. And, you know, I can yeah. get like, um, you know, whatever I need from from Korea right there. <laughs> right. And there's like Korean people everywhere. <laughs> and this this I hope it doesn't sound like um, extractive or that like I'm using the city just to like get experiences. I also feel like I'm part of the city and that I'm a New Yorker and I. Right. try and contribute what I can to our cultural life. Right. right. But it is um it is quite a, an extraordinary city and country. So just the work of trying to understand that to stop and to think what we're doing is um is a ton of work. It could keep you busy forever. Oh, completely. <laughs> and I, I really appreciate you sort of spending time with certain aspects of it and allowing those things to unfold and uh, for us to uh, see it as you are discovering those things, too. It's uh, uh, really marvelous. I always when I, I haven't been on the subway now in a while to <laughs> I haven't been yeah, riding it. But uh, it used to be whenever I was on the train, I would imagine, OK, what would happen 
if mm -hmm. this is end of the world. And this train car, these people are the only ones I'm left with. Do we have the skill set necessary to populate a new earth? Right? <laughs> can, can we get by? And it's a nice little exercise to do because yeah. some, sometimes it ain't going to happen. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You don't have the required amount of uh, tools. Uh, <laughs> but you just don't know, do you? You, you don't know, but you might have a good sense of your chances, at least. <laughs> I, mean, I think I'd want to be stuck with, um, you know, sometimes like you're on the train and then suddenly school's out and then the whole carriage fills with like the loudest people in the world and they're all like 14 and they're just screaming yes. and it's like so annoying. But if it was an end of the world scenario, they would probably be the ideal you know because they're so enthusiastic yeah and that's definitely a you know a skill set that like a lot of us are <laughs> we've been worn down yeah, yeah so yeah. even if you did end up on a, a train carriage with like i don't know like an engineer and a nurse and uh and you um, <laughs> right, yeah, most important. You might just be so exhausted, and then you know it's the apocalypse. You just be like, you know, it's fine. I'll go. Yeah, I'm not gonna. But teenagers, I feel like, would be like, oh, cool, like oh, let's go, you know, because they just want to um, live. Yeah. Again, your ability to uh, transport me to a carriage full of teenagers, <laughs> and in fact, inhabit the teenager yourself in that moment, uh, I. <laughs> This acting thing is going to be, mm. there's a lot more of it in your future. And like, I Maybe. didn't even prepare for that. I know. That came out very naturally. And I didn't ah, think it was, cool. I don't think Remember? that was channeling or, or conjuring. <laughs> I think that was truly <laughs> you <laughs> bringing Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. again, I'm quite moved. Myself. By your own performance. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's key. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's too uh, big a word. It's a gift. <laughs> Thank you, whoever, I don't know, you know, I don't question it a lot. And like, I feel so, super self-conscious, like even now, because I just like did this whole, you know, I just like inhabited this person and like, you know, you, you felt it, I felt it. And and no doubt the listeners would be like, wait, did she go to a train? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is this there's, a live podcast? You know, there's going to be some rewinding that happens. Yeah. Hit that 15 seconds back. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly as well they'll be like oh podcasts are visual now how do they do that exactly because they'll see it <laughs> yeah that's right that's yeah. right making mind pictures is what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> as i like to say <laughs> well Maeve, i do hope to be on a train with you someday that would be great fun even though i felt transported just now um <laughs> but you you're going to be doing some events for the book right so yep. something in my neighborhood that i can go to at books are magic yeah, books are magic, except they have moved their live events to St. Anne's Church, which is oh. close by, which is huge okay. and very yeah. spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sure you you have like a membership there. I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be in the vestry? <laughs> uh, always. So yeah, always. always. You'll, you'll, your head will pop up, oh, I was napping. Yep, usually I have an owl right on my arm to <laughs> <laughs> I don't bring it. It just shows up. <laughs> but, and, and when does the book officially? Because, see, I got this. This is in, van, in advance. So when oh, I read, yeah, you when I read your copy. book, I got to read yeah. not for distribution on every page. But don't, uh, <laughs> don't worry. I didn't distribute it. But <laughs> I like peering through and finding. Um, but this is coming out for real uh, uh, for everybody when. February 1st. Yes, good day. Tuesday, February 1st. So yeah. pay your rent, then go buy this book. Exactly. Or the other way around. <laughs> well, see, you're in a better situation than I am. I got to make sure I can do the rent first. And if I get anything extra, that's play. That's good time money. <laughs> or you could just order from the library, too. You really could, couldn't you? And it won't cost you a dime. Oh, my goodness. I but I'd prefer it. if you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, 
Maeve, it's just always such fun. I'm so glad you could do this. And uh, thank you for being here. Congratulations on the book, on the movie thank stardom, you. on the uh, what sounds to be a terrific acting career. Um, mm. I, I can't wait for it. I'm already Same. experiencing it, but I look forward to what comes next. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hope to see you out there in the future. Yeah, loads of love. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See, it's easy to come back to doing this with guests like Maeve. I do hope you'll pick up her book and seek out any in-person or virtual readings that may be coming up. The film Extraordinary is streaming now on movie platforms, so uh, while that's streaming, give it a trickle. Also, for us, visit our YouTube channel or go to the main site, deepnightshow.com, and watch any of the short meditation videos that we've produced. Uh, it's the new Deep Night Deep You program, and every watch will get you closer to a calmer, more relaxed and focused state of being. Meditation doesn't have to take a lot of time, folks. Two minutes or less, and I'll have you right as a steady rain in a misty forest. Light a candle, throw on your centering trousers, and step into a new you, a deep you. Now, we'll be back next week. Till then, remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Thanks for listening, and namaste, which is what I told Galinda when she asked if I wanted to ride home from the soju bar the other night. Namaste. <laughs> oh, friends, it's good to be back. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced, written, and performed by James Bewley. Season 14 artwork by M.K. Cummins. Season 14 theme features lyrics and vocals by Kylie Lotz, music by Austin Lotz, and mixing by Zach Robbins. It's never too late to give Dale a positive review while hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But you can also tune in to Dale's Frequency on Stitcher, Podchaser, SoundCloud, and Spotify, wherever you are. Dale's right there with you. To get in touch with mindfulness tips, positive reinforcement, or just to say hello, email Dale directly at daleradio at gmail.com. Be sure to follow him on Instagram by looking up at Dale Seaver. From our being to yours, thank you for visiting The Deep Night.